It's been a while since we spent some time alone. And when we do, it's in situations like this. I wish I could see you. You could always see me. Why, you stuck up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder. Uh huh? Come on. You're imagining things. Am I? Then why are you following me? Afraid I was gonna leave without giving you a goodbye kiss? I just assumed it's a woman. I can arrange that. You're so beautiful. It's only because I'm so in love. No. <laughs> no, it's because I'm so in love with you. So love has blinded you. <laughs> well, that's not exactly what I meant. That's probably true. I love you. This is Adriana, your host of Starships, your favorite Star Wars show about all Star Wars relationships, canon or otherwise. And today, today I'm really excited because um, <laughs> this person and I were actually doing a commentary for uh, the prequels and we ended up having to watch The Phantom Menace together and uh, this was kind of born of that so I'm really really excited to have a fellow Clashing Sabres squad member on here. Um, everyone you know her as Lindsay. <laughs> Hello am I the first other Clashing Sabres team member to get to come on Starships? Yes. Yes. I beat Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I I know that we had kind of jokingly talked about doing like an Ahsoka episode with Brandon. I, that has not come to fruition, though. So um, not yet. I'm still going to hold you guys to that episode because I'm really excited for that. But I was just so happy when we were doing our episode one commentary and uh the the ship that we're going to be discussing came on and we both kind of had that moment of like oh i always really like this i wish this had done more and it was like <laughs> we, we need a full full discussion on just that <laughs> yeah um because it it is i feel like it's something that probably everyone low key like sh like thinks about when they're watching it but then like it never goes anywhere too far <laughs> or like it gets eclipsed by other other things obviously like with Anakin and Padme so um on this episode um we are talking about a really uh, unique interesting ship uh <laughs> and it, <laughs> uh definitely probably not popular uh, I don't think I've seen too many people talk about it but we're gonna talk about it because we yeah. ship it <laughs> we're, we're gonna build this fandom right yes here right now. <laughs> um we're talking about Qu qui-gon and shmi from the phantom menace yes yes i, I feel like everyone just has the moment now of like yeah <laughs> that, that exactly. does work i did like that all right uh so we're gonna get started um Lindsay, the first question i always ask everybody is um, at what point did you start shipping shipping the ship? Um, some people, uh, well, like some ships, I, I start watching the show because somebody's like, hey, this is a ship. And I'm like, oh, okay, I need to watch that. But not with this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
just had the the kind of opposite um chain of events happen because you know you were you were in the same position as me where the first time I saw Phantom Menace I was I was only nine years old so I didn't really get a lot of things at that point you know as as I think most nine-year-olds do or don't you know that was oh definitely I I had a crush on a young Jake Lloyd but I didn't really know it by those words and I had a crush on at the time and still to this day Rupert Grint from Harry Potter but it, it wasn't like the top of mind you know it's not like by the time um attack of the clones came out and i was full-fledged just obsessed with hayden christensen same (laughs) so yeah so so for me i think it was one of those things where i subconsciously started shipping it the first time i saw the movie I just didn't really understand what it is I wanted from these two characters until probably Attack of the Clones when when I realized there was potential there. There was a story there. And I think I was almost a little disappointed when Shmi went off and married someone else because I was like, I know he's dead, but... But I kind of would have preferred her (laughs) with Qui-Gon. Like, this Lars guy, he seems nice, but... But I don't know. I kind of like her and Qui-Gon better. So so for me, it, it took a couple of years to verbalize what it is I wanted between those two characters. But I do think deep down I wanted it almost right away. Yeah, because now, like, no, I'm the same because it, it didn't occur to me. Obviously, when I was younger, I, did, I still didn't even know what shipping was. Um, you know, so... You have, like, you think about the, you have these thoughts, and you're like, oh, okay. Um, but nothing comes of it, because you don't know what it, what it means. And, yeah, it wasn't until I started, like, getting older, and I started shipping things, and I started watching um, through, I guess, a more mature lens. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and seeing the potential there, and kind of, like, I've always had that feeling. I've always kind of seen them and been like, hmm... I dig it. I'm into it. Uh, especially because once you get to Attack of the Clones and you see uh, Clegg, he's not as handsome. <laughs> <laughs> he's no Liam Neeson, that's for sure. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, and and you almost kind of are like, oh, she married this guy and this is, he let, he let her be taken away. <laughs> yeah, Qui-Gon could have saved her exactly exactly yeah, yeah <laughs> um, but so- i mean the, the other thought too is it's not like we had anyone who at that time was also really talking about these things you know it, it's fun now when you start to ship something and you can go on tumblr you can go on twitter and there's that that shared camaraderie between all of them right then and there that's a lot of fun, and I think that helps really propel a lot of these ships. But 1999, when you're nine years old, you know, I'm not going to turn to my mom and my brother as we're walking out of the theater and be like, I wish they got together. <laughs> no, yeah, and it's it's still, like, kind of like, oh, do you want to put it out there? Because I know um, watching it, I was like, I'm not gonna put it out there, but we kind of both at the same time, were kind of like putting it out there. So then it became easier <laughs> to be like, yeah, I'm not the only one. 
Yeah, that's I, like it still kind of surprises me that it's not talked about as often as it is. And I think it really is just a, the matter of fact that there's no way, shape, or form this is ever going to be canon. There's really yeah. not. Yeah. And and when there's that lack of hope, I think people are less likely to discuss it or allow themselves to start to hope or wish for it. So people are kind of like, eh, you know, I, I think that there's a lot, a lot of people who think the same thing we do here. They're on the same page as we are, but no one's going to talk about it because why bother? Yeah. It's exactly because I know when I did my episode about um, Man- the Mandalorian and Omera, we had this discussion about how we know that the Mando was on Sorkin for a, a, a bit of time before their plan, they put their plan to in effect. It's not going to, they're not going to be able to train all these people and be battle ready in like a week. It's going to take a couple weeks, a couple, it's going to be a longer time frame. So there's a lot of potential um, stories that we can either create or that Disney could eventually like release and kind of give us more but here it's it's not it's such a short like it's days um and so it doesn't leave a lot of room open to have the space to create you know what i mean i know yeah i know exactly what you mean because really the closest thing that we could ever come to is um there's such a great book that it's legends now, but I would love some form of it in canon. But um, have you ever read Tatooine Ghost? I do not read the legends books. <laughs> so this this is actually one because it's such a strong Han and Leia book as well. Um, but this is one if you were to ever want to get into the legends books, you could very easily read this one and just this one. It's not like part of a series or anything like that. But Han and Leia have to go back to Tatooine. And while they're there, Leia actually finds all of these journals that Shmi wrote. And a lot of them were kind of written to Anakin if she ever got a chance to see him again and give them to him. Kind of like a here's what you missed. And it gives like this amazing, amazing insight into Shmi, even Watto. But it's, it really is really well done. But I would love for something like that to happen where we can get back into Shmi's mindset, uh, mindset while Qui-Gon is there and after and hear from her first person what her thoughts on Qui-Gon really were. Because I think they'd be, <laughs> they'd be something. That's like that's such a good idea because now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, what it? Because she obviously, I don't think she would have known um she probably she has no idea that Qui-Gon is dead. So her writing all these letters to Qui-Gon. Oh like, my god, been... you're right. <laughs> yes. I never thought of that, but you're so right. Oh my goodness. Okay, we're going to stop this. We're going to put a pin in this cuz that comes yeah, later. We're coming back to it though. We're going to come back to this cuz <laughs> yeah, I got to I got to I keep my questions in order. <laughs> um <laughs> So what, uh, for you, what specific moments uh, really uh, made you kind of ship, start shipping Qui-Gon and Shmi? So for me, I always, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm still 
going to like and fall for some of those more problematic ships. But for me, I've always been really drawn to where you sense that there is a mutual trust and respect right off the bat. So it really was the fact that they both seemed so invested in what was best for Anakin and Qui-Gon immediately comes in and it seems for a bit that they could like handle that co-parenting thing, you know? Yeah. They would have been able, if the Jedi Order would have allowed it, I think, to be able to figure out how to raise this kid together. And it's because they both saw that, okay, we have the same goal. We have the very common thread of we both really care about this kid. We want what's best for him. We want him to reach his potential. We both need to make some sacrifices to do that, me more than anyone else at the time. Um, but when when they come together and they have that immediate trust, I'm really drawn to that in a ship. I I like that. I don't really see the need for there to be so much back and forth and so much tension all the time. You know, sometimes it's really nice to have that healthy relationship right in front of you where it's potentially healthy right from the start. Yeah, I think that that goes into the kind of Jedi that Qui-Gon is. Because hmm. um, he he he's the way he approaches Anakin is very obviously we know uh, Qui-Gon is very different from the other Jedi. Uh, and so the way he interacts with Anakin and the way he really is, like, so, um, not obsessed, but, like, he's really invested in having Anakin and freeing Anakin and n- not just Anakin, but Shmi as well. Um, you know, that's, that's I think, something that people really forget pretty often is Qui-Gon did try to free her. Oh, Yeah. He like that. I get that he kind of sacrificed that option pretty quickly, but it's because he he understood the end result. He understood how that negotiation was going to work. But I don't think he ever used her as a bargaining chip or anything. I think that it really was this concern for her and this attraction to her, and that's why he wanted to kind of get her out of there and and have her continue with them on this journey yeah and every every conversation they have is so um the the way they're filmed uh they're always like right really close to each other um Mm -hmm. and they're it's the conversations are very like deep there's it's i don't know how to phrase it. But do you understand what I'm saying? About There's no how, small how... talk. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's it's on a, a much deeper level. And yeah, you're right. It's shown in the framing. You know, the fact that uh, Qui-Gon, who, who, yeah, we know he's going to be connected to people pretty easily. We see that in how he quickly connects to Jar Jar and he takes that on. And we know that from what Obi-Wan says. But for the most part, his relationships that you see, if you think about it, they're still kind of contentious. There's still some arguing, some back and forth. You know, I don't think he ever really likes Jar Jar. 
Him and Padme, Lord knows, they are butting heads for most of the time. Yeah. He seems to argue with, you know, um, the governor on Naboo and even the security team. It's just he, he doesn't really rub people the right way. So the fact that all of a sudden we have Shmi, who sees him for who he truly is, accepts him, and lets him be that thing, it's just a much smoother ride than we had seen with anyone else with Qui-Gon. And you're totally right. They show that in the framing. They show that yeah. in how close they always are together. Um, you know, it's it's not like I'm always... I don't know why I always remember the scene so vividly, but when Padme comes out of the ship on Tatooine and she says, I'm going with you, and he's, he's literally standing above her, looking down at her, and it's a very degrading shot, but for yeah. him to kind of always be sitting with me and seeing themselves as equal and they see each other as counterparts, I think that's really well shown. Yeah. Um, especially in that, in that scene, um, when he's, uh, checking Anakin's midichlorians. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, then he, and is that the same scene where he asks her, like, where's Who the, the father? Who the father was? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, I mean, he didn't have to ask that. It's very clear that there's no gentleman, but, and I know why he's asking it, but for me, it's kind of also one of those, like, so where's his father? <laughs> like a jealousy type thing, maybe? Yeah. And you know what's read? funny? I've spoken to people just, you know, not super big Star Wars fans or anything like that. But obviously a lot of my friends, when they are rewatching Star Wars or even my friends who are seeing it for the first time, when they get to this part, they really, really frequently will ask me, was Shmi lying about that? And some of them have even said, oh, I thought maybe, like, you know, she wanted to get with Qui-Gon and she didn't want to make it seem like there was someone else in the picture. Like, multiple people have said something like that to me. Um, so, so again, I think that underst- us as big Star Wars fans, we understand, okay, this is the Force. She's very serious about this. This is related to the Immaculate Conception. Like, we get all of that. But other people still switch to the mindset of, oh, Shmi's hiding something because there's something between them. Yeah. That's cool. I had no idea. I have never thought. I've never had a conversation like that with someone. But I could definitely see it because it's something, like, I've gone back to um, to think about um, why they're having this particular conversation. Um, because Because ultimately what what knowledge does qui-gon stand to gain from if she could if hmm. she just threw out a random name like wow do you, do that's you a really good point yeah like it's not like he can he's gonna go and find this person and have him tested or like what's the purpose um other than maybe like maybe his father was a but even then, like, Jedi don't have relationships, so how could his father be a Jedi? You know what I mean? Uh, there's nothing really That's to gain such from a something like that. That's a good point. I, n- I never thought of that, but now it just seems like such the obvious, like, how could, how could I have not thought of that? <laughs> because, no, you're, you're right. You know, if, if she had given him a name, it's not like he was going to do anything with that. How could I? Yeah. What would he and- do? Yeah. 
yeah what would he do like he already knows it's gonna be difficult for anakin to get trained uh with his age like i don't see like if his dad was just some random i don't know like spice runner or something it i don't think it would matter it would change anything and it would just there's no purpose for me to at least on my end what 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 does it give what advantage does it give them knowing that yeah Um, yeah that's a great so oh man we're going like so deep i didn't think (laughs) (laughs) imagine if they had like four scenes together (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah imagine if they hadn't spent just like what 20 minutes on tattooing (laughs) Ah, but I mean that's that's I think what kind of everyone wants the the chance to play around with is that what if with them, you yeah. know what if there was one more day? What if Watto was willing to free both of them? Um, there's there's a lot that could have been done here. If what if Qui Gon hadn't had died and he had gone back for her? Yeah, because I really do think he would have. I, I do. I really do think and. Th- I don't know if this is anybody, probably, probably there are other people who think this, um, but I really think that if Qui-Gon had lived, um, the story would not have been, there would have been no story because, uh, he would have trained Anakin and Anakin would not have been afraid to ask him to visit Shmi. And, and I think Qui-Gon would know because of how old Anakin is, um, he would have let him. He would have let Anakin visit Shmi and see Shmi and have conversations with 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 her. Um, and I think that really would have changed how I, he feels. About- I think that if Qui Gon had lived, yes, you're right in all of that. I do think he would let Anakin go back. He would let Shmi be part of his life part of his journey he would even help to free her but i'm always um kind of more puzzled by when dooku says an attack of the clones like if qui-gon were here he would join me that's something that i always play around with like what if it was a good thing qui-gon died because if he was alive and he was training anakin yeah what if he took anakin and went to join dooku and the separatists i don't like that (laughs) (laughs) i i i like to think that not that qui-gon was like the best jedi or like ultimately um like the what the jedi should have been but i think he was definitely um more so on the right path of what the jedi should be uh toward i i versus um obviously the republic so i i really don't think i really don't think i could see qui-gon going to to the maybe no i just can't i can't see him going to the dark side at all I don't know. <laughs> and not necessarily and you didn't say dark side you said the separatist i i feel ultimately qui-gon would have been something more like i feel like if anything he would have been more like ahsoka like like or mm. something in the in the middle um, maybe what a what some people would call a gray, a gray Jedi. <laughs> I think I personally because I 
I don't know. I kind of think if he had joined Dooku, maybe he could have kind of formed a new type of Jedi Order, more in line with what Ahsoka thought that they should be, something like that. But this is this is all getting very off topic because Shmi has already died at this. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but no, it, it's interesting because like if he had if he had lived, you know, and and now we're okay. It's. It's fine. We're off topic. It's fine. But no, if he had lived and he had given Anakin the opportunity to have Shmi in his life, that also gives us more opportunity for Qui Gon Shmi. And that also that's gives us, true. Like, Way and to bring that it also back. gives us like Way to bring it back. Yeah, because okay, and it, it's something very similar. Like I feel like um, if Obi Wan had been more upfront with Anakin about his relationship or his feelings towards the teen, Mm -hmm. um, it really definitely would have, uh, changed, uh, Anakin's dynamic, their dynamic. Um, maybe, uh, Anakin would have been more forthcoming with, um, his relationship with Padme and, you know, ultimately like his fears and, you know, what all these, what ifs similarly, like if Qui-Gon and Shmi had the opportunity to be something, um, you know, obviously that gives Anakin's relationship with Padme a little bit more, um, and I'm trying to find the word, like, stability, I guess, or... Yeah, because it, it wouldn't have, like it would have be... given it more weight or anything like that. Yeah, I, I know what you're trying to say, I just can't think of the word for it either. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it, it would have affected it in a positive way. I think it's... <laughs> Is what I can yeah. put into words. Yeah. Um, because well, it's, it's kind of like with Qui-Gon, if you read, um, I know you had said that you don't read Legends, but do you do any uh, canon books? I do. I do the canon. Um, I have, I'm only a few. I did start Master and Apprentice, but I have not finished it. Are you good with a small little spoiler? Oh, no. Spoil away. Okay. I heard, some- <laughs> I heard somewhere that it's actually better to watch with spoilers because then you don't have, like, this anxiety. I don't know if that's true or not, but... Eh, teach his own. <laughs> um, but no, for, for Master and Apprentice, you know, we're working with um, Dooku's other former apprentice who is very, very different from Qui-Gon, but they are still friends in a way. Um... But this guy, Real or Real, I need to listen to the audiobook so I know how to actually say them. Um, but this guy, <laughs> he actually does on his kind of assignment on this planet. It's a, it's a, uh, we'll say a long term assignment. He has affairs while there, and Qui Gon catches him, and he basically says exactly what I think Anakin would say, and Obi Wan wants to say which is you know this isn't an attachment this is this isn't you know me choosing them over the jedi order and there's nothing in our code that forbids this physical aspect of it even in small ways the emotional aspect of it it just forbids us from choosing someone else over the order and over the principles of the jedi and i'd be really interested in seeing how Qui-Gon would kind of take that advice because he he kind of, in a way, seems open to it. You know, we never see it come to fruition with Qui-Gon. But 
he seems to accept that as an answer for the time being. And I really do wonder what would have happened had he played into that or gotten a chance to be around Shmi if he would feel the same way. And then similarly, how would that affect Obi-Wan later on with Satine? How would that affect Anakin with Padme later on? Dang, all these what ifs. All these what ifs. (laughs) I'm gonna still hold out for that Disney Star Wars what if. (laughs) (laughs) That would be such a good good idea. (laughs) Um yeah, there's I just no matter no matter what, like I think um it is such a tragic tragedy that they both ended up like dead. Um, and we didn't get more time with them because we obviously know um, one or the other and possibly together would have had such a different outcome, um, would have affected Anakin so yeah. differently. And, so. and that's the piece of it too. Like Obi-Wan and Satine, even though we never really get to see it fully come to fruition, there's still that confirmation. And we never really get that with um, Qui-Gon and Shmei. But that's, I think, part of the reason why I still always really like them. Because there still is that cliffhanger mentality. You know, there's, yeah, there's no confirmation that they were both into each other or it was even one-sided. But you also can't count them out just yet. You know, you, you, we have exactly. nothing to think. We they They didn't want it. I think uh, Brandon on the Facebook had posted something and I had, I think it was like, who is, who is a good mother or something? I don't know. But I had said, I think I had said Sharpay or something like that. I don't even remember, but he goes, but there's not enough to say that. And I was like, but there's not enough to say that it's not true. (laughs) You know? Exactly. Exactly. Whatever happened to innocent until proven guilty. (laughs) Um, and you know what? For all we know, um, maybe there's a lot of, I mean, obviously we don't see every single moment that happened while they were on Tatooine. So maybe there are some some opportunities, some still. They had to be doing something while Anakin yeah. was fixing up that pod. Yeah, especially because um, it's, it, Qui-Gon and Shmi were like the adults. Like it, it, Qui-Gon is already at odds with like... Padme, so he's not gonna really hang out with her. Hang out with her. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think too. That's that's another reason, you know. Um, like Qui Gon, very much to me, feels like a father figure to Anakin, and so you have that, and then you already have his mother. So it just it's a natural thing to oh, they would be great parents together. Type Mm -hmm. thing. Mm Hundred percent. And and I think so. that a lot of people would argue that Qui-Gon doesn't necessarily care about Anakin or the Skywalker family. He just knows this this power that this kid has, and he wants to bring him in and bring balance to the Force. But I would argue that. I really would. I think Qui-Gon genuinely cares about the living beings around him. And he's able to make those deeper emotional connections. I actually think he's very similar to what we see with Finn later on, where Finn's inherent force ability is connecting to people. 
and being able to figure out, you know, things like where Ray is at any given time and make other people trust him and open up to him. I think that that's really just what we see with Qui-Gon, but with Finn, we see it over the course of three movies. Qui-Gon was very condensed. Yeah. And, and very similar, like, to what you're saying like i i would argue that he does care about them because um the jedi council very flat out they tell they tell him no anakin is not going to be a jedi so you have to think what other jedi would would really make such an go through such an effort to get anakin and his mother their freedom um, especially knowing that because they they wouldn't even probably fathom the thought of taking Anakin to be to become a Jedi. You know what mm. I mean? Um they don't they they don't care. He's too old. He can't be a Jedi. Like that's it. It doesn't matter how many midi chlorians he has, how how uh how great his force ability is, he's nine years old. We don't train nine year olds to be Jedi's at this point. Um and and that like the the council made that very clear and you know we have and we we know that Qui-Gon is not aligned with the 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 council you know what I mean so how many Jedi would go out of the way knowing that nothing would come of Anakin being trained arguably none and and that is a real downfall of the Jedi order as a whole so the fact that yeah, Qui-Gon goes out of his way to do this. It not only says a lot about Qui-Gon, but I think it does show a lot of his connection to these two people. Um, you know, why yeah. why not just go and, like, like Anakin thought originally, free all the slaves? When you're there and you see that wrongdoing and you can do something about it, why not pick up your lightsaber and do that thing? No, he doesn't do that but he he really does have that connection to these two people and he takes his mandate as a jedi that much further yeah man i'm sad that quite is dead (laughs) what could have been what could have been what maybe was and we just will never know exactly um so i guess that's kind of like a nice uh progression into my next question um do you do you contribute anything or do you how do you interact with the Qui-Gon Shmi shippers or yeah. what do you do? If you don't do anything, that's okay. I feel like I don't really do anything or contribute or read anything. It's just kind of always in the back of my mind. Um, yeah, for me, I just never really found anyone else who was also into it. Um, I unfortunately have zero artistic ability um so i couldn't contribute anything i think if i were to contribute people would think i was making fun of them but i'm not um like the time i was in france and i thought i would be nice and speak french to the shop owner every day for two weeks until she finally told me that i was insulting i was like oh i was just (laughs) i was just trying to be nice um but if the if it was out there, or I'm sure it's out there, but if I had ever stumbled across it, yeah, I'd definitely read some of those fics. But it's just, it's at least that I've seen has never really been done, been built upon. I think that would have been different had this movie come out even like five years later. Because I don't really think even like online chat rooms were what they were 
by the time Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith came out and people really got into Anakin and Padme, I just yeah. don't think it was there. If it had been five years later, I think there would be a lot more content for these two. Yeah, and I, I think I think even, it, like, right, um, you know, before The Force Awakens came out, they were like, Finn and Rey and, you know, so people would would be like oh are they a couple like who are these people like so it's very easy to speculate and put it on twitter or or find other people to connect with like what if these two characters are together i don't know i don't care i'm gonna ship them anyways so definitely a lack of having that um before probably definitely um maybe there would have been more speculation um had had we gotten the, that opportunity um but currently ao3 has 51 qui-gon Jin and shmi skywalker fan fictions um, wait how many it, 51 that's okay. not a lot that's i was i lot. was gonna i thought you had said 51 but i was like if i miss like a hundred somewhere or something that's a lot no it's uh, at least a lot more than i thought it would be but yeah 51 comparatively speaking really not yeah. all that and, much. And then when you hit um when you hit complete works only, as you should, don't ever read a fic that's not finished. I don't know how bad. people do it. I wish I could I, do it like chapter by chapter when it comes out, but oh too no, frustrating. I can't. Because then, you know, like they stop writing and stuff and then you never know what happens and then you're upset forever. Um no, when you filter out complete works only, there's only thirty six. Um, so, um, if you guys, uh, I don't know when, um, this episode's coming out, uh, but hopefully I did an episode talking about, um, like, racism in the fandom, and so, comparatively, uh, Rey and Kylo, (laughs) there are (gasps) 19,288 fics. Oh my goodness! So... Compared to 51? Yeah. It's sad. But you know apparently what else I'm, I'm curious about. I mean, you and I have grown up with Liam Neeson being Liam Neeson. You know, we have grown up with the taken Liam Neeson. I genuinely don't know if he was the Liam Neeson we all know and love now when he was Qui-Gon. Like, would if if he had taken on that role with the stature that he now has, I wonder if people would have been kind of more into this or paying more attention to this. I don't know. Because I know, I feel like the big draw in this movie was Samuel L. Jackson. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Like, I feel like everyone was like, Samuel L. Jackson. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, but of course, we were both nine so obviously our take on pop culture is not skewed <laughs> skewed we'll yeah. say yeah <laughs> um yeah i don't i don't know that's that's a, such an interesting to me that's really interesting um I yeah cuz i don't think it would have changed what we see on screen by any means at least it shouldn't have you know it should not have been a matter of oh look we got this big name 
now we need to keep him alive for another movie or now we need to give him more screen time. I don't think George Lucas would have compromised the story he wanted to tell for those reasons. But I do think that we as an audience would have been watching and really dissecting and quite honestly, just as as female audience, shipping ourselves with Liam Neeson as one does um, and, and just kind of putting yourself in that show. Even even if, I mean, the, um, what is it, the Swedish actress who plays Shmi, she's yeah. fantastic. Per- she Pernilla <laughs> August. Pernilla, there we go. Yeah. She really is great. She just obviously never rose to superstardom level here in the U.S., you know, so so if maybe there was another big, big name superstar, I don't want that by any means. I do not want anyone other than Pranilla to be Shmi. I think she's perfect for the she role. She looks I, like a mom. She looks she like does. a mom. She does. And, and, like, you would be like, that's my mom. <laughs> you yes. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, I, I get you. Um, I don't... I, that's such a like interesting thing to think about now because like obviously with the sequel trilogy everybody knows that Poe was supposed to die and then he didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, um, yeah, I don't think George would have. I don't think George's artistic sensibilities would have let him do that, even if he wanted to. He's like, no, it's got to be this way. Yeah, yeah, and. 90% for the the higher purpose of who he is as a person, as an artist, as a storyteller. He wouldn't compromise for that. You know, he didn't compromise a lot of his ideas and ideals for things that probably would have been better. Um, but, <laughs> I don't know what you're so, talking about. The, so the he definitely would have perfect. done it for something to make it worse. But the other 10%, I genuinely feel like he, he just doesn't know who's famous. He's just living in his own little world, doing his own little thing. So when Samuel Jackson wants to come on his movie, he's like, oh, sure. Sure, yeah. No, yeah, he yeah. he seems like a cool guy. What else is he in? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, 36 works, Lindsay. You can read them. I'm we'll have, have to read them to. together, and then we'll come back and talk about them. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier with the whole uh, the Legends book, um, Shmi writing letters to Anakin. So mm. I think I kind of already answered, but um, for me, like, what would you write? And I think something to that effect of, like, very similar, um, where Shmi doesn't know that quite... And why would she? Why would she know? Um, and so she writes... You know, not just Anakin letters, but writing Qui-Gon letters about how he's doing, how she's doing. Um, I think that is, like, very bittersweet, but I, I kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's it's definitely hard to top that answer, especially because I wouldn't change anything on screen with them. You know, I really, really like the relationship that they're, they quickly build, and I like the ideas it leaves open in our imagination. I wouldn't want to change any of that. But yeah, I think uh think building on the Tatooine Ghost idea where we get to understand one way or another, like I, I really love the idea of her writing letters to either of them. Um but just detailing like this is what I 
this was my first impression of Qui-Gon. And this is how that impression changed during those days when I got to know him. And I really wanted him to stay. I wanted him to free me. I wanted to go off with, obviously, my son. But I was so intrigued by this man. Um, and, And getting that kind of build on the story where it's just all from her perspective would have been really nice. Yeah, and, and I think, like, you're right. You, I don't want to change anything on screen. Uh, but what I would probably also think of, maybe if I could, is maybe, like, some sort of... Um, you know how they did the um, the book for the 40th of episode Oh, one, yeah, the short stories. Four, yeah. The short stories. Um, something like that would be really nice. And seeing, like, maybe just a short story um, featuring Qui-Gon and Shmi, like, watching over Anakin and talking. And I think something like that would be very sweet and it would very much fit in the canon. Um, And, and yeah, I think that's something that I think is very feasible and something that... um, that's honestly something a... where it's it's so feasible and it seems so reasonable and not cannon shattering or anything like that. Yeah. I actually wouldn't even be surprised if we eventually got something like that. I would be more surprised if a short story collection came out for episode one and something like that was not included. That would actually surprise me more. That'd be so sad. I would I would be really upset. Because it's like it, like you, like we both said, it's like really easy. It wouldn't disrupt the canon. It would just add to it, you know. Which I think um, that's what the other uh, point of view, certain point of view books, or short stories did. You know, they just added depth. Mm-hmm. You know, like that that short story with the droid. What was it? R four? How he sacrificed himself yep. to the R two to yep. like. Like that, it kind of just clarifies things that everyone had already thought. Yeah, and then it just it makes everything so much more emotional. Um, and not to say that Qui Gon's death isn't already emotional, but like when you think about that relationship that he could have had, um, because even I think I really do think if he had not died, um, there would have been a lot more. Um, interaction with him and Shmi, whether by like calm intercom or calm link or whatever they call it, like talking on the phone type thing and uh, video, like holographic videos and stuff. I think <laughs> they could do the original for Skype, maybe. <laughs> um, so, alas, it is not to be because he died. <sighs> but and what could have been? But I'm just so happy that when we were watching it, we were both kind of like, I wanted this to happen, and it didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think, like, that's always, like, the most, like, fun about watching things over again, and then also watching it with people who also like it, because you kind of keep some stuff to yourself. Like, you don't talk about it. Like, I can't talk about this with my brother. Um, So it's, like, always really nice to kind of, like... Like, watch something with somebody, and you've already seen it, so you're able to talk about it, you know, um, and reflect on it, and and just have a good time, and then things like this come out, slip out, and you're like, we do share a mind, (laughs) you know? (laughs) It was so nice. 
Yeah, we need more of those moments. I feel like I have a lot of those moments with you, Lindsay. Yeah, we really do. Lion King 2, Princess Diaries, all the good stuff. Yeah. So hopefully this episode kind of makes you feel like you're not the only one. (laughs) Like, there are a lot of ships that I feel like are are like that that you you're like i obviously i can't be the only one but i feel like the only one and and so you kind of don't project it or put it out or enjoy yeah it yeah should. yeah because it's it's one of those things where you know i i think that you and i are really lucky with the star wars family that we found where we feel really confident saying anything and even when someone in our group disagrees with us it's very lovingly disagreeing you know we poke fun at each other we have fun with it but no one makes you feel stupid for certain ideas so we're really lucky but i don't think everyone else has that i think there's so many people out there who might be into a ship like this might be into something about star wars or showing their fandom in a certain way and if they get knocked down, that's it. You know, that's the last time that they like that thing. And that was a, a big lesson for me uh, when I was a kid and really into Star Wars. You know, it, it is tough being the 9, 10, 11-year-old girl in your grade who just wants to wear Jedi shirts. You know, that was a hard <laughs> thing. But I realized, like, when people make fun of me for certain things, it doesn't make me like Star Wars less. It yeah. makes me like that person less. But that's still something everyone else has to realize is that just because someone disagrees with you, you don't need to like that thing less. You can lose respect for that person because of the way they handle it, maybe. But you shouldn't like that thing less. So when there's there's a ship like Qui-Gon and Shmi, it's so nice to have someone who I feel confident being like, I like this. I wanted to see more of this. And even if you disagree, you're not going to make me feel bad for liking it. And I'm not going to like it any less. And it just so happened that when when I say this, I have you who's like, me too. <laughs> it, yeah. It's like, it's so nice. I I wish more people like had the opportunity to talk about or feel comfortable talking about stuff like this. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like I have never, I know we're not talking really necessarily about Qui-Gon and Shmi, but, uh, the fact that, you know, um, we are lucky to have the Clash and Sabres crew, um, like it's really nice to be able to share my feelings and I know that I'm gonna disagree with Drew about things, but that's okay. (laughs) Drew doesn't, (laughs) Drew doesn't, (laughs) Drew doesn't, um, care he doesn't care he's just gonna go on and do his thing (laughs) (laughs) sometimes i think drew just waits for everyone else to put their opinion out there so he's like how many people can i disagree with (laughs) (laughs) oh my god we need to ask him what his thoughts are about qui-gon and shmi (laughs) yes oh immediately uh i'm gonna put i'm gonna type it into the group text right now (laughs) i'll stay Um, silent and wait for him to answer but no i i love being able to talk about Qui-Gon and Shmi because I really truly deep down believe it's something that everyone ships in their own way everyone wanted to happen everyone would have liked to have seen it a little bit more I don't think there's anyone who actively anti-ships them 
it's just, you know, something that no one ever really talks about. Yeah, I mean, and, and I understand why, like, it's really such a, like, it's such a hard and fast, like, it's done. You know what I mean? And it's very yeah. defined, like, very defined, like, he's very dead. She marries somebody else. She's also very dead. Like, so you can't, like, you can't take it to all these different places. Um, But it's still, like, nice to think about when you're watching it. Like, hmm. Yeah. Um, you know what's funny? I think that if this were in a TV show, it would be so much more actively shipped. Imagine if instead of just a, you know, two hour and seven minute movie, however long Phantom Menace is, we had a few 30 minute episodes. And back in 99, you know, I mean, full commercials and everything back in 99, people sitting there and watching him and Shmi meet for the first time one week. And then the next week watching them discuss, you know, Anakin's lineage. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then the next week. Having them watch the pod racing together. Like, week over week, if people kind of focused on just that one thing and sat with just that for a week at a time, then, yeah, I think people would be going nuts oh, yeah. over it. It, yeah, it, very but- me, it. It very much be along the veins of, like, a like an Obi-Wan Satine type of thing. Yeah, yeah. But just because you're right, it happens so quickly in the grand scheme of things. And, and as soon as it's over, that's when things really start to pick up and go in a different direction. So so it's hard to get to really sit and appreciate it. And and I'm just going to say, though, like, I we were both nine when this came out, right? And mm-hmm. I, for one, am glad that we were both nine when we saw this because it, it was very much made for our age group. And I think yeah. had I been older... Um, or had I been one of those people who was very, like, angry about these movies, I definitely don't think that Koi-Gon and Shmi would have done anything for me. Um, so now, maybe I didn't ship at them, but now going yeah. back and watching it and, and really sitting down, like, I can see it and I appreciate it for what it what is. And, and it's nice, too, because, you know, sometimes... With some things that I ship, ultimately I'm let down, and I get really mm-hmm. sad and I get really frustrated. Um, I.e. Finn and Poe, but this doesn't hurt to ship, even though I know it that nothing can come of it, even though I know it's not canon. It doesn't hurt me the same way other ships do. Right, that's such a good point. That is such a good point, and even the thought too, like if if you were someone who went in to episode one with that emotional investment and didn't like it for that reason. I don't think Qui-Gon and Shmi are strong enough where it's like, well, at least we had that. Like, (laughs) I don't think they redeemed the movie for anyone who didn't like it, but it definitely does not take away from anything. Yeah. So like like I said, I'm glad that I saw it when I was nine and maybe I didn't give it the respect it deserves um, until more recently. Uh, I'm glad that I got to experience it this way. Me too. Me too. Very much. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I like, I can't believe we literally talked about this shit for <laughs> close to an hour. That's crazy. <laughs> um, they were on screen together for like four minutes. <laughs> um, 
very much along the the vein of my Mando Mara episode, they were on screen for like twenty minutes. And, uh, I guess those are the the these are the best kinds of ships, I guess. <laughs> um, so Lindsay, do you want to tell everybody where they can find you? Yeah, you guys can find me here on the Clashing Sabers Network. Um, I am the co-host with Brandon on our flagship show, Clashing Sabers. Um, I also co-host Don't Burn the Sacred Text with him as well. Um, And luckily, towards the end of the summer, we're going to be getting a lot of new books and a lot of new stories. So that's going to be coming up uh, pretty pretty hot and heavy by the fall, I think. Um, Definitely making a big, big comeback there. Um, but then if you guys want to find me on Twitter, you can find me at the lady of lore. We can certainly talk more Qui-Gon. You can tell me which of these 36 options I should start with for, uh, the fanfic. And of course, (laughs) over on our Facebook group as well. If you want to also tweet us some Qui-Gon Shmi fan art, we would not not going to hate it. (laughs) And... Of course, you guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Celestial Intent. Please, if you want to talk about, obviously, any ship, <laughs> um, I, my DMs are open. Um, if you want to wreck any episodes, please let me know. Any issues in shipping, I'm also going to talk about those. So I will gladly take your um, comments and recommendations. Uh, I think that's it. Um, Lindsay, I'm going to steal Brandon's thing. <laughs> and I'm going to ask you to do the the thing that you do at the end of every episode. All right. You want to kick it off or? What does he say? I forgot what he says. It's, it's patch eight. Patch eight. <laughs> Hi-ho. Starships is a Clashing Sabers production, but claims no right to any licensed sounds, names, etc. All that stuff belongs to the original creator. We just use them for informational and educational purposes only, and to make the show a little bit more fun. Basically, if they made it, it's theirs. If we made it, it's ours. Now, if you got that all figured out, we got some moof milker who installed a compressor on the ignition line we gotta take care of. Hey, move, ball. <laughs>